1: How fun is it that we get to sit with people? Firstly, I want, we haven't said this on our our Friday episodes. Mm-hmm. How fun is it that me and you, you and I, me and me you, me, you, me and you, you, you and I, me, you and I, you and I me you, and you, you and I, you and I, we get to sit every single week mm-hmm. as, as best buds hang out and do something we love. It's pretty, pretty damn epic. It's frickin' epic. You having a good time? I love it. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? going to tell you this. Come on! Someone told me. me this statistic me. and I didn't realize 13% of Americans like their job, love it. In fact, they wake up and go, yes. How lucky is it that we get to wake up and go, I just love podcasting. Mm. And we get to chat to wicked people.
0: It's fucking great.
1: And we hopefully, to you listening right now, who whoever you are, hopefully we give you such a great time. Whether you're feeling happy or sad or anxious or stressed or euphoric or whatever it is hopefully we get to entertain you guys and this sounds like the end of a podcast this is the beginning of a podcast it sounds like we're about to sort of fit like finish the podcast. right drink the good. kool-aid now drink the kool-aid <laughs> on oh, drink that kool-aid we have a big episode today maybe because it's
0: about manifesting and stuff like that it was it was a good it was good and i've been manifesting since
1: roxy Nafuzi. rox is a great friend of mine um been friends with her since i was about 15 years old I actually went out with one of her best friends, or still one of her best friends. Did My she? first ever first ever person I was in love with. Oh, cute. Yeah. cute. Thanks, buddy. Um, Roxy has a book out called Manifest. Mm. Um, it's been in the top five of the Times bestsellers for about five weeks, maybe six weeks. Jesus. She manifested the whole book um, to life. She... Has done so many incredible things. If you are about positive thinking, manifesting this episode, you're going to absolutely adore. We touch on prenatal depression. I didn't Some, even realize that was a thing. I had no clue. Yeah. I, I heard a postnatal depression, never heard a prenatal. Mm. Roxy is very honest and authentic and real about the way that she feels, the way the things that she has been through, the fact that she was bullied. Um, not only bullied just herself, she was bullied for her race. How wild I is know. that? yeah, it's nuts. Her name is Roxy Nafusi, her surname Nafuzi, and she used to change it to Roxy N because she was embarrassed about her surname. Mm. Isn't that wild?
0: Yeah, that must have been really tough.
1: Really tough. She's a wonderful person. You're going to love this episode. We're going to stop blabbering because we better get on with it, all right? Have the most incredible Friday, whatever you're doing. Um, go and check out our Patreon page. It's ad-free, loads more content. It's in the link in our bio. Get in touch at Private podcast don't know why i'm saying all these things you know what to do listen enjoy the episode roxy thank you for coming on teared up mate.
0: just get ready for some deep deep manifestation
1: get ready to manifest
0: mm, buckle up baby that's it enjoy the episode
1: Roxy, how, how long have we known each other for?
2: I think 15 is years. Is it 15 well, yeah, years? I'm, no. new, I'm 31 yeah. now. What? No, no, so maybe 16. 16 years? Yeah. I'm, I'm
0: 33. How did you guys first meet?
2: Jamie? <laughs> just uh, just uh, in the hood.
0: <laughs> which is that? Uh, gap. Just,
1: straight, <laughs> straight
0: out of Old Brompton.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> straight out of Oxfordshire.
2: <laughs> Jamie was obsessed with yeah. my best friend. So true. Luke. He's
1: the best friend. Obsessed.
2: Obsessed.
1: Uh, she's called Daisy. But you could tell the story. And I, was, I was obsessed. And, well, you can explain the story. Was I a psycho at that age?
2: Well, you that was... Just, it was like a puppy. Like, a, like, like he is now, but in love with someone that was...
0: Actually she reciprocating. Was just a, she
2: was just a bit like... Well, she broke up with you, didn't she? Yeah, and she you begged. Up.
0: Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, is this when you cried
1: on your plimsolls or yeah, something? Yeah, I cried on the shoes. I realised <laughs> I realized at <laughs> this age... Yeah, I promise you. there the was so, There were so many warning signals right we're in this relationship and Rocky, I don't want to talk about it. this is all about you by the way Um but there were so many warning signals I remember we went down to Cornwall one. Day. I don't think you came to that we went down to no. Cornwall and Paul Zeth no doubt yeah. Paul Zeth it was oh, and close. she I I ended up I was like obsessed with her she'd broken up with me mm. she was staying in a house and she said Jamie look and I was like so upset she just wanted to go and party and have fun she was like 16 or whatever and she said look Jamie if you really want you can sleep in my room and I was like okay Okay, I will. <laughs> I would then just lie in her room while other people were partying outside, and I would just well, be crying and waiting for her to uh, waiting come back. for her to come out, and she was like, obviously, she's she like, "Please, just f <laughs> off, like get out of here." Oh. But you've had heartbreak, Rox, haven't you? No,
2: oh, so many. Have you had lots of heartbreak? When was so your first many. heartbreak? Um. Oh my god! I probably, I probably every guy I ever dated since I was like twelve. I mean, the first guy I snogged yeah. my best friend went behind a van with him the next day.
1: <laughs> How old because was he? Was he driving the van? Um, like 12.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then got cheated on with my first boyfriend at school. Oh took him oh back, no. obviously. Yeah,
0: obviously, straight away. <laughs> <L-A-T-D, yeah. laughs>
2: and then I think my first big one was when I was, oh my God, it's embarrassing, the things you do when you're heartbroken, mm. was when I was, I met someone who was like 25 years older than me, mm. and... I, re- I, th- I had thought I was a bit of an ice queen before I met him. And I just fell hard and fast, left my job for him, oh, was God. just <laughs> basically just devoted my life to him and did that thing that, you know, when you're young and you kind of just keep trying to get them to prove how much they love you, mm. like those silly little You chase it. Games. Yeah. And I mean, I, when I look back at myself, I'm like, oh my God, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> But I don't think it's a. What no, were you
0: doing? I, what were you doing together? Just get like his, he'd his be like,
2: let's say he'd be like, "Miss you," and I'd be like, "No, you don't." Like you know that kind you of shit all the time. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, like Needing constant. I did.
1: Know. I did that beginning of my relationship with Sophie. Mm. I used to be like, "You don't love me." Like, yeah, I do. <laughs> and, and she'd be like, "It's, it's getting a bit annoying <laughs> now." What? What? Where does that come from? Right? Where does that need for validation and need for reassurance? Because I'm constantly like that, constantly asking for reassurance. Mm. And where does that come from with you? Do you think?
2: I think, you know, I had definitely always, always felt like an outsider, like a complete loser. I never had a good group of friends. I was, you know, and hey, it does. I don't want to sound like a substory, story, but I the Iraqi war broke out when I was twelve, and I'm Iraqi, and so I was so su- like really badly bullied, which is why I changed my name from Rowan to Roxy never. and moved school. I did not know that. Um, and so I think I just never felt like good about myself. I never had self-esteem ever. And so I would seek it in my boyfriend. So Mm. I felt like I was as good as the guy I was with. So if I went out with someone popular then that made me as a kind of result, then mean something or or worthy or likable. And then I just kept doing that in all my relationships. So the more successful they were, the better that that must make me.
1: It's so interesting because uh, Sophie, she her dad's Iraqi as well. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I da-
2: did not know that. The,
1: yeah, her dad's Iraqi. Yeah, yeah. And um, there, there's almost like uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking for her, but from what I gather, maybe as younger girls, they almost try to cover that up oh, a little yeah. bit. Yeah,
2: I used to say I was from Jordan. I just lied. But why? But why? But
1: why? Because where does it? Like, I, I understand, supposedly, but I want to hear from your point of view. Why? Where? Why does that? Embarrassment come from, I suppose.
2: Because then it was all, you know, Saddam Hussein was Mm. the kind of dictator. And then the idea was that all Muslims, but specifically all Iraqis, were terrorists. That was kind of the vibe. And racism then was so casual and so like throwaway that people you know, yeah. be able to say things it, to you.
0: Yeah. It was so much the agenda of the press to really villainize like yeah, yeah. every Muslim person. Like people were just like so scared of Muslims yeah. for no, for no real reason. Yeah. So yeah. I can understand how that, especially in, in school as well, yeah. where people can be pretty awful anyway. Yeah. And they yeah. can just latch onto that and
1: stuff. That is so interesting. So in the world, really.
2: Cause
0: I, cause I remember then I said, cause you used to,
1: you, you, Your name is Roxy Nafusi, right? Yeah. And you would call yourself Roxy N.
2: Yeah, I never put my surname on Facebook. Yeah, I remember that. I was always Roxy N. You're always Roxy N. Yeah, I was so ashamed of myself, like of who I was.
0: Wow, that's got to be quite tough. Like, you know, being brought up like that, having to like hide your
2: yeah, yeah,
0: your true identity almost. Yeah, but I
1: think that happens with like a lot of people, right? I think that as you know, it it happens with. you're religious to
0: try and hide the fact you're a ginger. <laughs> yeah, <it> still is.
1: <laughs> but it did, yeah, i trying to cover those roots up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm always trying to cover that up. I don't know why. Um, but it does. It happens with sexuality. It happens with yeah. um, religion. It happens mm. with culture. It happens with. Um, uh, heredity, whatever. It happens mm. with everything, right? Mm. That we have sometimes this embarrassment about where we come from. You know, even talking about being posh, right? Mm. Like that sort of now, And so we had this podcast the other day, it's seen as a bit of a negative. yeah. And sometimes there's part of me which goes, well, maybe I should pretend I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, well, <laughs> and change your accent. Yeah, Change the Yeah, Oh, yeah. hello, how you doing? <laughs> Sorry. But, but we do, we try and change ourselves growing up, and we try and fit in. And there's that cheesy saying, which is, why fit in when we're born to stand out? Yeah, yeah. You know, and why do you want to be the same as other people? Why do we want to do that? Because if you're the same as everybody else, you never achieve mm. greatness. And we all want to achieve greatness. So when in your life did you suddenly realize, okay, I have to stop trying to be someone I think I should be and start mm. being myself? When did that change happen?
2: Honestly, so recently. Because mm. I think it just transferred to, you know, throughout my life. So it was with men and then you know, partying and trying to be seen at parties and hoping that, again, it was like, if I was at a party where celebrities were, then maybe that in somehow made me cool, which of course it fucking didn't. Well, and- oh,
1: welcome to the party now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. finally.
2: <laughs> and finally, finally, yeah, finally yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you
0: look cool. After. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the self-loathing just got, you know, it, it paralysed my life like beyond, beyond words that I could describe, you, you, you reach such a um, dark place in your mind, like such depths of despair, of self-hate, of, you know, feeling so ashamed of yourself. And then, you know, then I discovered manifesting three years ago and a part of manifesting is about authenticity Mm. um, because authenticity is magnetic. And only when you step into yourself and your own alignment, are you able to kind of you know, attract anything that you want to you, and and become in flow, and attract abundance, and live the life that you really are supposed yeah. to live. You know, and manifesting really is about empowering you to be the best version of yourself. So that helped me to really become who I am and step into my light. And yeah,
1: but break that down. Yeah, go a yeah yeah.
0: Well, no, it's just quite interesting because what you were doing was constantly looking for external yeah. Things and you were looking at what other people thought, and you were looking for a guy that was going to make you know you Mm. look better. You weren't actually like thinking about yourself. You weren't actually paying any time to yourself, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But break that down a little bit. So, because okay, fine. So we, I I remember when I was sitting, I was sitting with uh, our our close friend Kagi, right? I was sitting with Kagi once, and she was talking about this book called The Secret, Mm. and and I know that within your book, Manifest. And by the way, to all you listeners, if you have not got this book. Probably because it's sold out. (laughs) That is literally why you haven't got It's flying and we're going to get so into it. And I think, you know, I I heard a rumor that it's being dubbed the new secret and things like that. This is what I heard. I don't know. This is Yeah, it's just a secret. But this is what I heard, right? And I remember Kagi talking about the secret and saying, the secret is all about kind of like manifesting, you know, sort of speaking things into light. Mm. And I, ever since I was a kid, right? I remember, you know, for example, with uh, Candy Kittens, as a kid, I was uh, afraid of the dark. So my brother used to tell me stories of Jamie and Sweetwell to make me fall asleep at night. This is a totally true story. I swear I'm alive. <laughs> And so I used to fall asleep with this imagination of a world made of sweets, but sweets that didn't damage your teeth. Cut to whatever, 2011, and I'm creating a sweet shop, right? This is a sweet company. That's what I'm doing. So I was sort of doing these things without realizing it. Um, and then what happens is Cag's talking about the secret, and I was like, well, I think I've been doing that. But there's a difference between, I suppose... Um, I saw your thing, you can't just sit there for 20 minutes and go, I want to have a car, I want Mm. to have a family, I want to have this, I want to have that. That's a blueprint. What's the difference Mm. between a blueprint and manifesting?
2: So I would say that basically the biggest misconception about manifesting is that it's it's passive, that it's about visualising what you want and, you know, meditating and really getting in the zone or, you know, like I said, like that post was basically because people kept saying to me in interviews... um, you know, uh, how can what should someone do to to met to manifest every day? Like, how mu- how much time should they spend? Like twenty minutes a day. And I kept trying to say to people, it's not a ritual. It's it's actually a way of living. And manifesting is a really um, proactive experience. It's a self development practice, and that's why someone <laughs> someone gets said to me. Um, hi, how can I manifest winning the lottery? And I'm like, <laughs> you fucking can't. <laughs> like,
0: you can't, I've been trying, honestly, every day.
2: Because-
1: But but why can't you? Why does someone not believe that you can if-, if-
2: Because you can't, there's, there's nothing in your control there. You can't be proactive. Manifesting is about unlocking your limitless potential um, and your- um ability to make things happen it's actually not magical it's not magic it's actually you making it happen Mm. it's you um stepping into your power aligning your behavior embracing gratitude changing your vibration and it's all about you and what you're doing but the lottery is there's nothing you can do for that that is is pure luck yeah ready to pop the
0: question Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare dot com slash weight loss.
1: Okay, okay, I just I wanna okay, I need to know this. So for so, so where where is like manifesting like define? Where's it from? Like who suddenly said, okay, you can do these things? Cause we see I I, I mean we've seen people talk about it and speak about it and say it and say, you know, you can really manifest that to happen. Mm. But how do you teach yourself to almost, how do you switch your brain instead of thinking negatively, I suppose, mm-hmm. about your existence and your life and things happening? How do you switch and positive and really truly? To tangent, there's a really amazing story of Jim Carrey. Mm. And Jim Carrey always talks about um, he was broke. He had no money. Uh, and he was driving down the road and he stopped at a petrol station and he went to the petrol station and he had to write a check because all he could pay for, he had no money. And he got the check and on the check, he saw it and written a blank check. He said, $10 million mm. and he kept it in his wallet. Um, and two years later, he got paid $10 million for doing Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Um, and he still had the check in his pocket. Mm. Mm. And it was about, I, I'm going to do this. Mm. I'm going to get this. And it wasn't about making money. I don't think so much. Mm. It was about, this is what I want to do. And that's going to be a byproduct mm. of what's going to happen. So my my question in a really long winded way is, What is, I mean, I'm trying to, what is manifesting? What is it? How do we define it?
2: (laughs) So manifesting is the ability to use the power of your mind to change and create the reality you experience. And there are so many layers to it. The first kind of step is obviously to know where you want want to go, to be clear in your vision. Because Mm. for any of us, um, focus is everything. So people often say, something quite vague about their lives they're like yeah I want to be happy or yeah I want to make more money but they're not really they're not specific about where they want to go but if you were to put your you know you're going to a party and you wanted to put you know in google maps where you're going you'd need to put the street address the postcode you need to be really certain as to where you're headed you wouldn't be vague about it and manifesting is much the same you need complete clarity because When you have a clear vision, you have a clear goal, essentially your subconscious gets to work on making it happen. It will start filtering out unwanted information. It will seek out opportunities. It's like when you buy a new car and suddenly you realize everyone on the street has the same car. Yes. So your brain is just working for you. And so having this clarity is really important. But the next step of manifesting, and probably if I could teach people one really important lesson, it would be this, that we don't manifest from our conscious thoughts, but from our subconscious beliefs about what we deserve. So you can Mm -hmm. think about the dream house all you want, but unless you believe you're worthy of having it, you're never going to attract it into your life.
1: But how do you change that?
2: Well, you have to remove, which is step two of my book. Okay, yeah, step two. We go. Re- how, how many steps are there? Seven. Okay. okay. It's like five. Let's how long yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Come on, let's quickly just skip How do <laughs> you get the seven? Like,
2: just give me the answer. Come on, yeah, yeah. let's get the seven. Just, now, just okay. give me
0: those numbers. Like, what was it? Five numbers in the lottery? <laughs>
2: um, so step two is remove fear and doubt, which is basically all of us have years of insecurities, low self-worth, low self-esteem. Mm. People also telling us that we can't have it all. I mean, If I ask anyone to write down their dream salary on a piece of paper, I guarantee they will write down what they realistically think they can manifest. So even at the very first hurdle, you're not even allowing yourself to dream of what you want because you're so sure that it's not possible for you. And so you're always limited because you are limited by the limits that you put on yourself and of your mind. So you you have to break down all those barriers. Is is that
0: kind of like the dissolution of the ego? Obviously, like, you know, if you're 30 years old, you've built up 30 years worth of life experience, which Mm -hmm. makes you believe that you are X, you are worth this, you Mm -hmm. live in this circle. It's kind of like dissolving that really to then kind of feel the true, yeah, the true you, I guess. Yeah, yeah,
2: totally. It's just it's letting go of all the things that are holding you back mm. um and that includes labels we put our, put on ourselves mm. boxes we put around us
1: yeah but it's very hard to almost strip yourself of everything like it's you a it's, it's, it's it's i tell you, so mm. so how how broken were you rocks before all of this happened
2: mm. i get emotional every time i talk you about can. it you and also the
1: great thing about this podcast rocks is we love emotion we love we, we love talking about these things so if you want to get emotional that's great <laughs>
2: um okay so <laughs> i can't even talk about it it's okay doesn't it's matter. so strange it's so triggering still yeah, that's okay though
1: um <sighs> i want to give you a hug i'm giving you a virtual <laughs> hug here yeah yeah
2: so before um before i discovered manifesting mm. i really had been in a kind of decade or well all my life i had been unhappy that was just the life i knew and i really thought that i was just worth nothing. Um, but in my 20s in particular, I found myself just totally addicted to cocaine and booze and smoking. And I was just in this horrific cycle. Um, I f- went to my first N.A. meeting when I was 21 and I didn't give up till I was 28. And I think I never it took me a long time to start to process that that really was trauma. It was like a really traumatic time. Um, those come downs and the, the shame, the guilt, the regret, it is just, it just takes over your life. And in that time, of course, I also had no job. I was making no money. Um, I was like selling things just like, keep me going. So, um, it was not a good time. And I truly thought that my life would always, always be like that. I thought I, had really believed that I was just a miserable person. Um, And then I went on a yoga retreat and I was like, this is it. I'm going to change myself and I'm going to find myself and it's going to be 200 hours of yoga. And I was there for a month. And when I was there, I would visualize myself marrying someone rich because I thought there was no fucking way I would ever make money for myself. I just thought that's, I'm just going to have to marry someone rich. My life is a fuck up. Like I'll just, you know... But I thought, you know, maybe I'll get healthy while I'm here. And then the day after I got back, um, I went to a dinner party, took a line and stayed up for two days. And then I was like, nothing's gonna fucking change me. Like if, if like being away for a month on a retreat,
0: it's you stupid, know, yeah.
2: and I'm still back here. I was like, I'm, there's no hope for me. And then um, my friend said to me, listen to this podcast, on manifesting. And I listened to it, and something just clicked. And two weeks later, Wade messaged me on Raya, and a year to the day, Wolf that was, was your partner. That's your partner. Yeah, but it wasn't that I met Wade and then everything was good. Actually, what happened was I met Wade, who was just this kind of random Australian who knew no one in London, who ended up moving here for me for after five days, <laughs> and. You know, 10 weeks later I was pregnant and I was had to move flat. I had nothing, I had no money. Wade had no money. And I suddenly had to give up drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, all my crutches. Um, and I went into what can only be described as like the darkest depression I could ever imagine. Mm. It was indescribable agony to live every single day. Like the pain. Like from the minute I woke up, I just ate. um, I gained six stone. I stopped leaving the house. It was like truly hell on earth. But a week before I um, got pregnant, I had started something on my Instagram called Agni on Sundays. And I feel like it was a gift from the universe because every Sunday I could give people advice. And so Mm -hmm. it didn't matter what pain I was in. I was able to help someone and they didn't need to see my face to do it. And um, from there, I would start to visualise that after I had Wolf, I would change my life around. And I knew that I would never... I was going to pull myself out of it, and I was determined. And the day he was born, I just put my heart and soul into making my life the best it could be. And uh, it fucking worked.
1: (laughs) Jesus rocks, man. Yeah, dude, I just... I, I don't even know where to begin. Do you want a tissue, by the way? Can we get? Can <laughs> we get Roxy a tissue, <laughs> I'm good, guys? I'm good, thank Are you, you. sure? Yeah. Um, I think uh, Jesus. We we all go through our own battles, right? Mm. And um, and it's very brave of you to talk about these things. I still sometimes. And I know Alex says we still find it hard to talk about our own struggles and mm. what we've been through. And we kind of give little bits. But we don't yeah. give it all. And actually, mm. listening to you there makes me realise how important it is to be truthful about what we've been through because it does help others to get through it. It's a, it's a wild thing that you, you you were going through this moment and then you, you, you become pregnant and you make the choice to go, right, I'm I'm keeping this baby. Mm. This is what I'm doing. Where, where does that come from to go, right, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. I'm going to keep this child and we're going
2: to make this work. I think that just, do you know, It just never, there was never any doubt. I knew that um, Wade would be an amazing dad. Yeah. Like I knew that he was such a kind person. And even if me and him were not going to stay together, he was going to be an incredible father. And and he is like the best dad in the world. And, you know, Wolf is a gift. Like he is my sol-
1: beautiful. Can I just <laughs> say, he's one of the most beautiful children I have ever. Ever seen oh, a you. happy, He's a beautiful ha- little boy. He fucking
2: loves life. Do you know, I really worried that um, my depression during the pregnancy would affect him because yeah. I'd read stories, but my God, like he is the happiest most chilled remarkable baby ever like he is genuinely my best friend like obsessed with him So yeah i'm really glad it didn't affect him.
1: But, but that, it. but that's that's people say that it can affect the child what you're mm. feeling your soul yeah, your, yeah. Your, that can that's a really not a great thing to sort of put out there for yeah. people to read yeah i mean that doesn't help anyone in any way but that when when people talk about um because i I always imagine when uh, depression happens during, I always thought it was after pregnancy, postnatal depression. Mm,
2: prenatal. It's prenatal. very much a thing and it's not talked about.
1: Yeah, I've never heard of this. So, 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 so this what, is whilst you're pregnant, you you fall depressed.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, because so you've
1: lost your last li- your, your past life that you think you're missing. Is that what it is? Well,
2: no, it, it can be hormone. Like, it was so, so weird. Before, I was in Dubai with Wade just before I, the day before I found out I was pregnant we'd watched a star is born and I kept saying to Wade I had the weirdest feeling and I didn't know I was pregnant I keep getting flashbacks of my past and mm. I know my life is about to change forever and I was like I just have this feeling something is shifting and I don't know why and I kept like crying but not really like I was letting go or shedding an old life mm. um and then and then but but I was feeling quite low on this trip and that's I got home and I said to my sister, I was like, I'm just feeling a bit low, which is weird because I'm in a new relationship and I'm a love addict. So the honeymoon period yeah, is yeah, like, warm. It's, like a, it's like a real, I drink, come on. So I, I like, love you yes. so much. <laughs> so I was like, what the fuck's going on? And she was like, you might be pregnant. And I was like, there's no way. Um, and you know, I was, so actually it was, it must've been hormonal because I felt the depression before I knew. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's definitely a thing And I think there should for sure be more awareness around it
1: Someone asked me once to describe Or I was speaking to someone um, To describe what depression feels like mm. And um, Jordan Peterson, actually Who's this psych- psychologist, yeah. he's an interesting mm. dude Whether or not you believe with his things, he's quite an interesting guy He Says a lot of things which are right One of the things he does say, and he talks about um, Antidepressants, things like that mm. And he says, uh, people talk about the side effects of antidepressants mm. And they say how bad they are The side effect to depression is suicide. Take the antidepressants. (laughs) That's what he said. Yeah, it's a great thing. He also talks about his whole family. He gets very emotional. Weirdly, I'm getting emotional. Nothing about it, but um, he gets quite emotional about it. That his family get uh, his whole family is sort of plagued with depression. Mm. Um, And he talks about his daughter who had a real bad bout of depression. But before that, his daughter went to him and said, "What does depression feel like?" Mm. And he said, "Um, "You know your dog." Imagine your dog dies every day. That's what it feels like. Mm. Mm. And when she had a depression, he said, how did it feel? And mm. she said, if my dog died every day, that would be much better than what depression felt like. Really? Yeah. And it it's very hard to describe mm. what it goes through. And, and, you know, Alex, you and I, and Rocky you say, we've been through different bouts. But for mm. you, how did it feel? Because I think it's important for listeners to understand mm. this kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, it's a really good question, especially cuz I think there's a difference between like a depressive episode. Yeah, totally. Where like or feeling sad mm-hmm. and feeling like an and depression. I think for me it was just um what defines depression for me is like a complete lack of hope and a complete inability to feel any kind of joy. Um and it's like you're being suffocated by the prison of your own mind mm. like that's how it's just
1: that's a great yeah that's it
2: just fucking it's shit, shit. <laughs> but but
1: people you know i we've had friends and i has, i have friends right who are, who are going through i don't think men realize the effects of pregnancy mm. postnatal prenatal depression that it hits women mm. i just i had no clue your hormones fly all over the mm. place yeah yeah and it's it's a pretty horrendous thing to deal with
2: god bless wade
1: he, oh man what? he is also by the way <laughs> that dude a is rock. a good looking motherfucker <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he's sitting your dms on ray it yeah, like, i was like hello
2: uh, hello <laughs> dude um rocks yeah. i
1: am we're we gonna get into a whole book and everything i um, just want to say uh, as a friend for so i'm so proud of you man oh, i really yeah. am Your, your. um you. You're an angel. So you, you truly are. So I love you, I'm Thank super happy you. that you you're in your place you're on you're achieving. We, we that's the end of part 1. We still got a whole another part 2 to go. Already? That was yeah, so crazy. Early quirky. smokes. Yeah, yeah. We we really do. Um we want to talk about something. We want to what the listeners come back for. I think um we should talk about your book manifest and how it's been in the top 10 time's best sales for how long
2: top five sorry top (laughs)
1: five back up there (laughs) for how long now
2: yeah three it was going into its fourth week while we record
1: this it's in its fourth week when this goes out who knows we're gonna come back and talk about that (laughs) rocks love you okay everybody we'll see you in part two in a second Bye bye